This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. This is the only sentence that can be given to somebody who has spent a lifetime poisoning the streets of our community. The the impact of today's sentence can't be overstated. The world has now been rid of the brutality of the Sinaloa cartel leader. All right, that's the sound today from outside that courtroom in New York City. That was Ariana Fajardo, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida uh, this morning. And El Chapo, Joaquin Guzman, the Mexican drug lord, sentenced today to life in prison by a federal judge in Brooklyn, New York. He spent 25 years running a violent cartel, trafficking billions of dollars in drugs. He was eventually captured and extradited to the United States after a series of prison escapes. He, he dug out of prison twice. He escaped prison two times. He's, is he going to escape again? Let's check in with Douglas Century now. He's the co-author of the terrific book, Hunting El Chapo. I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hiya, Douglas. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me back on. Thanks again for coming on. You've, uh, you've had... You've followed this guy's escapades for a long time. You've written a great book about El Chapo. What are your thoughts today as he's sentenced to life in prison? Well, I, you know, I wouldn't say that it was a foregone conclusion, but the conviction and the if you follow the trial, the the weight of evidence, the high level of the cooperating witnesses, and some of these guys were, were top narcos themselves, and they really put uh, but they put Chapo in, in scenes of incredible violence and torture. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody thought he was going to get buried under the prison, and, and he is. He has been buried under the prison. Life plus 30 years, $12.6 billion in, in asset forfeitures, and that's, it's, I think, is what was expected. And he, he broke down in tears a little bit in, in court, feeling sorry for himself, but I didn't expect him to speak in court. That was the only surprise to me. What did he say in court? Well, he basically said that the United States system was more corrupt than, than the, the countries they criticized for being corrupt. And it was a bit of a pity party about how, how inhumane the conditions are where he's being held in Manhattan. It's called Little Gitmo. You know, he has no sunlight and he was complaining about how he has to stuff toilet paper in his ears. When I read his, you know, it's, it seemed kind of like crocodile tears. The guy's a sociopath and he's responsible for the death of many, many people. And he's incredibly calculating and cruel. And, you know, I think he's 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 facing a very brutal end of the end of his life. Um, so I think, you know, he, he point, pointed the finger at, at how unjust his trial was. OK, um, this, this is a, this is a guy who's escaped twice from prison, as you've documented in your book, Douglas. Where is he going to serve his life sentence now? And can is it possible that he could escape again? Well, he's going to this place is called the Alcatraz of the Rockies, almost certainly. It is the most maximum security federal penitentiary in, in the United States, Florence, Colorado. I think it's only 400-some inmates. They, they, in a good situation, only get out one hour a day, 22 hours to 23 hours a day in solitary. Wow. He's not getting out of there. He's not, And it's going to be really – I think he's so miserable in court because he realizes his time in the Mexican prison system, even before he escaped, was conjugal visits and, and – you know, wine and cheese parties, whatever he wanted. Um, he's going to be doing time. It's the same place John Gotti was and a lot of the uh, convicted terrorists. It's miserable. And no, he will not escape. I know people think 
it's the movies. He escaped from Mexican prisons because of enormous bribes that were paid to prison officials, to politicians, to look the other way so that tunnels could be constructed, as you said. That's not going to happen in the United States of America. It's just there's not enough money. He doesn't have the billions of dollars it would would require to corrupt the system. So he's going to be doing his time in Colorado, and it will be a miserable last 30 or 40 years to his life, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, I guess, a legend kind of built up around him about his ability to escape from these jail cells in Mexico. And he had another nickname, I remember there, El Rapido. He could just disappear in a flash. But, you know, like you said, I mean, it's not because this guy was any genius at being able to tunnel out of these prisons. I mean, the the guards, the prison guards were looking the other way, weren't they? Sure. They let him him escape. They let him escape, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. A lot of in the second in the second case, yes, in, in uh, Altapano prison, which was his most recent escape. Um, the he was a genius logistically in, in the running. That's a different story. But in the running of his business, I think he really was a incredibly astute, clever businessman. I think I've talked to you before about how he exploited Canada, he exploited Vancouver because the price of cocaine was was more on a retail level than in Los Angeles. He was a very smart guy. And or he is, and he was very, and he was smart in that he employed actual architects and engineers to build these tunnels. But it could only have been done with the complicity, and I, you know, it came out at court that there were an allegation of hundreds of millions of bribes paid to the president of Mexico, the various presidents wow. of Mexico, and that's not far fetched. I don't, I mean, it wasn't proven and it wasn't admitted as evidence, but certainly if you throw hundreds of thousands of dollars at a guy in Mexico working as a as a, as a prison warden. Given the standard of living and the amount of money that they make in pesos, he could he had enough money to corrupt anybody there. And that's my argument when people say, "Well, he could do it in the states." I said, "No, a prison guard no. in the U.S. would not throw away his 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 pension and his life. There, it, the the money would have to be billions. It's just it's a different system. Everybody is corruptible, you know. But in Mexico, he had the system gamed to such a degree that he well pay people to look the other way. Yeah, especially out of that Supermax prison in Colorado. I mean, he ain't getting out of there. I I agree with you there. How did they get him, Douglas? I mean, this is one of the focuses of your book, Hunting El Chapo. One of the critical points here is when he was extradited to the United States, right? How did they manage to pull that off, get him in in front of a judge in the United States? Incredible teamwork of uh, the guy I work with, the DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, working with Homeland Security, working on earlier cases, by the way, with the RCMP and local cops in Canada. It was a massive cooperative effort to build up uh, understanding of his communication structure. He used BlackBerry. By the way, he used BlackBerry because it was Canadian and he thought, (laughs) clever, he thought it would be harder for the U.S. to get warrants, court-authorized intercepts on a Canadian company, but they did get it. And they broke through his BlackBerry messaging, and it was really uh, incredibly dogged. If you read the book, very dogged detective work mixed with high-tech stuff, you know, using using satellites and all sorts of things to track his movements. And essentially, he did escape, if you recall. He escaped through a yeah. bathtub on a hydraulics, and they tracked him down to Mazatlan. And that was his first, that was his first capture. But they, they really used all the tools of law enforcement. And I think uh, the lesson in our book, at least, is that usually law enforcement is very territorial. The FBI doesn't work with the DEA or the same in Canada. I'm sure local cops don't trust the RCMP with their information sometimes. But when, when all the law enforcement agencies put aside their egos and aren't so territorial and protective and they actually share information, all these different um, agents came together and 
they ensnared him. No man, okay. really. I mean, the lesson of this is not that Sinaloa Cartel is going to disappear. It's still being run by his sons, and his. there's still an enormous appetite for cocaine in Canada and the United States. So the drugs are still coming in. I think what about, what about his... Hey, Douglas, what about his kids? You, like you mentioned, his sons, who are known as El Chapitos, the little, the little yeah. Chapos. Are they, do they sort of take over the Sinaloa cartel now and, and run it after their, yeah, well, those, their father's the, locked up? The top guy is a guy named El Mayo Zambada, who has, has been Chapo's partner for years. But yeah, as far as his, his end of it, it, it is his sons and a brother, um, and they're continuing. You know, I mean, as long as there are, is the sort of pipeline... Um, there is a guy called El Mencho in Guadalajara who is the much more feared cartel boss, and he, he went into a war. That's why you're seeing all these you know, murders in tourist places like Cancun. There's a struggle for power. But yes, as far as uh, his end of the drug trafficking operation, yeah, it just goes to his sons, and, and other people are going to step into the breach. There, there is no less an appetite on the consumer end for cocaine right. and recreational drugs in Okay. Uh, as much as legal, legalizing pot helped in one degree to cut into his market, but he just he just flooded it. Now he's in methamphetamine and other things. So yeah, his sons have, have sort of stepped into the breach and are are running his end of the operation. So the Sinaloa okay. cartel is still the most powerful, even with the former boss in prison. Douglas, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. I appreciate it too. That's Douglas Century. He is a journalist. He's the co-author of the terrific book. Hunting El Chapo.